good morning, everybody. Welcome to the, the hardy few who left their ice skates at the door. Hopefully there weren't too many triple salcos on the way in. But what, a, what a couple of days of weather we've had, it's been remarkable. Um, just a few wee uh, notices before we begin. Um, our colleagues, uh, friends at Foveran have wanted us to know that at half past six next Sunday evening, they are having a service of uh, carols and Christingles, and if anybody wants to go along to that service from Balhelvy, they would be uh, more than welcome. Half past six uh, next Sunday evening in uh, Holyrood Chapel in uh, Newborough. Next Sunday is our Nativity service uh, held over in the Forsyth Hall. Uh, that's going to be uh, very informal, shall we say, and we're encouraging the kids who come along to come dressed as their favourite character in the Nativity. So no doubt, hopefully we'll have three or four Marys, a few angels, maybe some shepherds. Uh, so if you're coming along with wee ones, uh, make sure that they get dressed up for that. And you know, adults, you might like to dress up too, because we might be getting some of you out uh, to get involved. Uh, our community carol service uh, down in uh, the Leisure Centre of Balmedy is on Christmas Eve at four o'clock. Watch night service at 11 o'clock here in the church and a short Christmas day service on Sunday the 25th uh, here in the church at 11 o'clock. And also just advance notice about the Burn Supper, 28th of January, if you can help, uh, please contact Ali Cruikshank, who's here today. I know Ali would be glad to hear from you. So those are all our announcements. As you can see this morning, we're having communion. We're going to uh, have communion in the way that we have been during uh, COVID, which is at one point in the service, I'll be inviting you to come out. I will give you a piece of bread. You'll just take a, a, a thimble of wine and move across as you drink it and then leave your empties uh, in this wee um, thing on the side here. And that's the way we'll, we'll do it. There's not many of us here today, so there shouldn't be too much congestion, uh, but that would, be, uh, that would be the way we'll have our communion uh, later on. So we're going to begin our worship in the words of hymn number 283 this morning. The voice of God goes out to all the world. Let's worship God together.
Let's take a moment to pray together now. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for these moments in which we can draw aside and pause to reflect on what this season of Advent really means. We need this time. Life is so busy at this time of year, and though there's much to look forward to, we can find ourselves harassed and overtired with preparations and deaf to you in all our busyness. So help us make room for you in our midst this morning as we reflect not just on the fact of Jesus' birth, but the reasons why he came. Thank you for his willingness to come and live among us, for Mary's readiness to carry him and nurture him, for the way so many in this story put self-interest aside so that your will could be done in them and through them. Lord, you came to us so freely, so graciously, and yet so often our response to you is half-hearted and grudging. Forgive us when we keep ourselves from you, when we try to hide our inner feelings from you or ignore the still small voice within which tells us it's time to pay attention. Forgive us when we profess loyalty, but in our hearts build barriers of self-interest as though we were defending private territory. Forgive us when we celebrate the good news of your coming, but fail to live in such a way that it becomes good news for others. Forgive us and restore us through Christ who makes us whole. And as we look forward to Christmas, we pray for those who struggle to share the joy of this season. The lonely, the isolated, the homeless who live in our streets and all who care for them. We pray for the brokenhearted and the bereaved, for those in relationships without love, and those missing a partner for the first time. We remember those whose pace of life leaves no space for wonder or worship or reflection, for those who find themselves dulled to joy because of pain or worry, for those who are bowed low with the care of others and those suffering the outcomes of natural disaster or war. And we pray for all who carry heavy responsibilities at this time of year. Sustain those working in health care, in the police, in the fire services and in social work in the midst of all the seasonal challenges that they face. We remember those who work in education trying to help our children catch up and readjust after the two very disrupted years of the pandemic. We remember shop workers just now, knowing that they are at the sharp end of dealing with the public in these stressful times. 
And we remember those serving their country or making a living abroad whose longing for home can't be fulfilled at this season of gathering. God, who in Jesus has drawn close to the human family, hear these and all our prayers, because we offer them in Christ's name. Amen. We are going to light our Advent candles now as we sing the song, Light a Candle. reading this morning is taken from the book of the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 9 and reading verses 1 to 7 and Marion Reed is going to read for us. To us a child is born. Nevertheless there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honour Galilee of the Gentiles by the way of the sea along the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest as men rejoice <coughs> when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of the Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness 
from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Amen. Thanks, Mary. <coughs> Let's take a moment to pray together now. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our God, and our Redeemer. Amen. When it comes to preaching, you need to tell the truth, but you need to tell it slant. A wise person once said, when you tell it slant, a wee bit differently, it makes your hearers pause and think. And that's why more often than not, Jesus taught using parables. And it's also why every now and again, I like to throw a poem or two into the mix just to keep you on your toes. We know these Christmas stories so well, it's always good to hear them spoken about in different ways to help keep them fresh. So I'm going to bring you two poems that pretty much say everything I want to say today. One of which I've read before, Christmas is really for the children by Steve Turner. But the second one will probably be new to you and it's called kenosis, which means emptying in Greek. And it's written by Lucy Shaw. So here's the first, Christmas is really for the children. Christmas is really for the children, especially for children who like animals, stables, stars and babies wrapped in swaddling clothes. Then there are wise men, kings in fine robes, humble shepherds and a hint of rich perfume. Easter is not really for the children unless accompanied by a cream-filled egg. It has whips, blood, nails, a spear and allegations of body snatching. It involves politics God and the sins of the world. It is not good for people of a nervous disposition. They would be better to think on rabbits, chickens, and the first snowdrop of spring. Or they'd do better to wait for a rerun of Christmas without asking too many questions about what Jesus did when he grew up, or whether there's any connection. And here's the second poem, Kenosis. In sleep, his infant mouth works in and out. He is so new, his silk skin has not yet been roughed by plane and wooden beam, nor so far has he had to deal with human doubt. He is in a dream of nipple found of blue-white milk, of curving skin, and pulsing in his ear the inner throb of a warm heart's repeated sound. His only memories float from fluid space. So new he has not pounded nails, hung a door, broken bread, felt rebuff, bent to the lash, wept for the sad heart of the human race.
I know it's not quite what we're wanting at Christmas time, is it? It's a bit dark. Bring back Chris Stingle and the Bonacord Silver Band. But isn't that the point that the poets are trying to make? And isn't that the point of us having a communion service in the season of Advent? It's good to be reminded of what's entirely forgotten at this time of year, that you can't separate Christmas from Easter. The incarnation from the crucifixion. The baby Jesus from the grown man Jesus and all that he does and did. And when we do pull them apart or filter out anything in the story which suggests that humanity might actually need a saviour, then we're not really hearing the story as it needs to be heard. All we're left with is the shiny bauble of Xmas, lovely to look at, but ultimately hollow. That's what our culture tends to do at Christmas. Either we ignore the Jesus element altogether and make Santa and Rudolph the center of things, or we slip into Johnny Mathis sentimentality about a child being born without ever pausing to ask why we needed this particular child to be born, or what he actually went on to do when he grew up, or whether he actually asks anything of us in return. A few years ago, I heard a story about a school where they gave the kids the challenge of designing the next school Christmas card And one wee dear put his heart and soul into a nativity scene with Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus in the manger. But when he showed it to his teacher, she told him that he'd need to go away and try again because it wasn't Christmassy enough. The birth of Jesus, not Christmassy enough. Not enough reindeer or festive penguins, perhaps. That's where our culture is at. And although I love the lights and the shiny things and the presents and the family time as much as the next person, there's a part of me that can't help but be a little bit cynical at this time of year because of the way our culture has commercialized and sentimentalized and infantilized Christmas so that now it really is only for the children. But it wasn't ever meant to be that way. Read the accounts of the actual Christmas story in Matthew and Luke and make a list of all the children involved. It's a pretty short list. Jesus and possibly his cousin John are the only two who are named. And then make a list of all the adults involved. Mary, Joseph, Zachariah, Elizabeth, an indeterminate number of wise men and shepherds, innkeepers, Simeon, Anna, Herod, advisors, soldiers, a couple of kids, stacks of adults. The first Christmas was played out in the adult world, not amongst children. And then look at the darker elements of the story that rightly get edited out of your average nativity play. Mary as an unmarried teenage mother, Joseph agonizing about whether to marry her or not, Herod's deceit, the slaughter of the innocents, the holy family as refugees seeking asylum in Egypt until they were safe to return home. No ready break glow about all of that stuff. 
And then this great prophecy from Isaiah that we heard earlier, which leaps straight from the birth of the child to saying what that child will be and do as an adult, because that's the stuff that's most important. Unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be in his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. This baby is born for a purpose, to reveal the unseen God to restore humanity to fellowship and friendship with God through his life, death, resurrection, and ascension, to redeem the cosmos. And his reach touches every aspect of our being, every facet of our society, governance, family life, civic life, justice, faith, action, relationships. It's the adult world that he came to change. And he changes it how? By waving a magic wand? No. By living an exemplary life and offering up that life in death for humankind. By standing in our place to set us free from sin and death before rising again into resurrection life by the grace of God and drawing us into his ascent. And by forming then and now people who will consciously choose the costly path of discipleship, loving and serving him with all they are, so that they embody the ways and the values of the coming kingdom and its king. And all of this starts with Christmas. It's not just for the children though it gladly welcomes them and acknowledges that they often show the adults the way. No, Christmas is for you and for me and every single person who's clear-sighted enough to know that for all her beauty, our world also needs mending. And we need mending. And the mending begins when, like the shepherds and the wise men, we set ourselves to find the Savior who is waiting for us. In the manger, at Christmas time, yes, but also risen from death and waiting for us now at every turn of our lives, waiting to be found and heard and given his place in our lives and waiting to shape us more and more into the people that we are destined to be in him. Amen. Our next hymn is number 291, When Out of Poverty is Born.
from being a child in a manger, dependent on his mother's milk for food, Jesus grew into manhood, offering himself to the world as the bread of life. He was with us from the womb to the tomb, from the manger to the cross where his body was broken and his love poured out to the uttermost end. And though death took him, death could not contain him. And through his self-offering on the tree, he ensured death's end and sin's destruction. And so we praise him this Advent season. The one who's coming to us is both our judgment and our salvation. What we're about to do, we do in memory of the meal that Jesus shared with his disciples before his death. So let's listen once more to the story of how the sacrament began. On the night on which Jesus was betrayed, he sat at supper with his disciples. While they were eating, he took a piece of bread, said a blessing, broke it, and gave it to them with the words, This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Later he took a cup of wine, saying, This cup is God's new covenant, sealed with my blood. Drink from it, all of you, to remember me. So following Jesus' example and command, we take this bread and this wine, and we set them apart for this special use. And just as Jesus paused to give thanks, so we pause and bring our thanks and praise to God in prayer. Let's pray together. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, God of many names, our names are known to you. Our lives are in your hands. And we do not know what you will make of us. All we know is that we cannot make ourselves any more than we could fashion our own lives in our mother's womb. But this we can do. This we choose. To give ourselves into the hand of your continuing creativity. The past with its joys and triumphs, its failures and regrets. The present with its struggles and accomplishments, its hopes and its setbacks. The future with its fears and freedoms, its pain and its promise. Trusting the hands that made the world. Trusting the spirit that breathes life. Trusting the love that will not let us go. Trusting in the promise of the word made flesh. The God who is always with us whose name is Emmanuel. And in his name we pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, 
hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. Among friends and gathered around a table, Jesus took bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Later on, he took a cup of wine and he said, this cup is the new covenant sealed in my blood. Drink from it, all of you, to remember me. So taste and see that the Lord is good. Happy are those who place their trust in him. Would you now like to come forwards as you're able?
peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with us all. Let us pray. Almighty God, you have been with us in these moments through bread and wine made holy through your Spirit. As we return now to all that daily life holds, go with us in that same Spirit that we might know you with us in all things. Because we ask it all in the name of your Messiah, Jesus Christ. Amen. close our worship this morning in the words of hymn number 286, Tell Out My Soul. And now go in peace to love and to serve the Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you all, now and forevermore. <laughs>